are now listening to a very special message from Joy Community Church. Well, this week I had uh, an amazing, it was an amazing week. Uh, and one of the amazing part of my week this week was uh, we were preparing for our membership class, our seminar. And uh, we had a, an amazing day. If you were in the seminar yesterday, can we just want to honor you. Can you stand up if you were in that seminar with us yesterday? And uh, and uh, it was so wonderful. And there were many more, by the way, that aren't here. It was the largest class we had in years, and uh, <laughs> which is always encouraging. And uh, we even had... Uh, a boy of 16, year old, 16 years old who said, I want to come and I want to participate. Isn't that cool? Yeah. And he did. He stayed the whole day. He concentrated. He worked in the workbook and met me after the meeting and said, uh, I'm not sure if I'm old enough to be a member, but I sure want to know more about joy. So he signed up for a one-on-one. I said, oh, young man, I'm not sure if you understand what you just did. <laughs> so it was pretty precious. And so I just want to thank uh, Miss Annie right up in the front here because she does a lot to make that happen. <laughs> Miss Janet right here and uh, Regina created all the meals and the snacks and it was just a glorious, lots of snacks. I have to have snacks. It's just who I am, you know what I mean? Uh, just it's wonderful but we had just uh just to hear people's testimonies where they came from what god is doing right now uh can i tell you that is the power of the gospel right there i'm talking about the power of the gospel this morning anytime you hear a testimony of how god transformed somebody's life that's the power of the gospel Amen. right before you uh, and this week, I was, uh, I've been mentoring this young man now for about three years. And uh, he used to be very far from God. And God's taken him on a journey of healing and restoration. And God's given me a real love for this young man. He's so stubborn sometimes, though. He makes me get on my knees and pray. You know what I mean? That type of kid. And so I've been investing in him and uh, spending time with him. And I love him dearly. And I'm watching God open his heart a little uh, each time, a little more, a little more. And so we were getting together for lunch this week. And um, God designed the time that I would walk into the Golden Fox and I'd see Patty and Bob Puglisi. Oh, my goodness. And right before me is a, a life illustration of the power of the gospel. Here's this woman battling with cancer, wondering every day, what's the next step? What's the next stage? What's God doing with, with a spirit of hope? She has a spirit of hope. She has an enduring spirit of hope. And I'm going to be talking about that this morning. And so this young man was late, which he usually is. And um, so I thought, usually I really give it, you know, give it to him when he is late. 
this is my demise. Because I just pulled up, said, Bob, move over. I want to sit with you. I ordered my coffee, and we just sat down and just listened to their hearts as they're in this journey together. And they're seeing Jesus in this journey, this suffering time in her life, but she doesn't see her suffering. She sees her opportunity. I went, that's the power of the gospel. Because so often, you, she could see her suffering. It's right before her. She not, she's seeing that she needs something to happen. That's, she's a realist. Anybody knows Patty Puglisi, that girl is a realist. And if you're online, I know you're going to say, amen. Because she's a realist. And that's why I love her. She's refreshing. She's not denying where she's at, but she knows where she wants to go, and she knows who can get her there. Oh, and that's what she was sharing with me at that table. And her eyes were just filled with the spirit of the living God. Her heart was filled with enduring hope. And there was this faith. It wasn't just this spiritual faith that had no substance. This woman's faith has substance. And then you look at her husband. And you see this substance as he stands by her side. And the substance together is something greater than they've had before. You want to talk about the power of the gospel? All eyes were on her that day. The, the waitress, I've been building a relationship with this waitress, Judy, for years since I got here. Judy could not stop asking them, do you want more coffee? Do you want more coffee? I said, honey, just fill it up. But what she was saying is there's something special here. And I don't know what it is, but I want it. Do you hear what I'm saying? She waited around when they left and when the boy that I was ministering to left. And she said, how are you doing, James? I said, well, after today, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> because you know you get to witness the power of God in action. How many of us need that power? How many of us need that when we're in that season of enduring? Anybody been in a season of enduring lately, right? And so in that season of enduring, it's easy to get your eyes on the burden of what's occurring. And it really takes the discipline of your faith to actually allow yourself to have that enduring hope that despite outcomes... I'm standing in what I believe. If you spend a moment with Miss Patty Puglisi, you are going to learn how to do that. She inspires you to do that, to stand in the moment with belief. Wow. I've, my heart is overwhelmed. And I left that time thinking I was going to go and minister to this young man. And I got into my vehicle and I said, Oh my goodness. I just witnessed the power of the gospel. I want to take you to 1 Thessalonians. I want to talk to you this morning about the power of the gospel. And Patty, I just want you to know from my heart, I know you're online this morning because you tell me you watch it all the time. just want you to understand that uh, I love you deeply and you've taught me and inspired me to live with a different mindset of being faithful 
and to have that enduring hope and to experience that prompting of God's love that you so easily uh, encourage us to have. And so you just, to all of us here, you're an inspiration. Uh, amen. amen. And then the Lord rolls in this morning in a wheelchair another testimony of faith. Felipe celebrating his 49th birthday right there. There he is. There is the power of the gospel. The manifestation of God's power, God's grace, God's healing, and the miraculous in action. That's a beautiful picture again. Right there. Right there. I was going to ask him to stand, but he can't. So stay seated. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, I knew you were going to. I've seen you get in trouble with that before. The power of the gospel. Here at Joy Community Church, we are people of faith, participating with God to do the impossible. Here's a beautiful example of the impossible. If you were to ask Felipe several months ago if he'd be sitting here today, the answer, he didn't have the answer. He has the answer today. The answer is Jesus is powerful. Amen? It's wonderful. Let's go to the word. Thank you, Felipe. Starting at verse 2. And we're just going to take our time here today. We have today and tomorrow and the next day to be here. So don't worry. We'll just call in lunch. Okay? That's a man who's experienced good lunch here. <laughs> we always... <laughs> James, you are funny sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. We always thank God for all of you. Isn't that a beautiful verse? We always thank God for all of you. I just... Let's thank the Lord for all of you. Hallelujah. For all of you. Hallelujah. Mentioning you in our prayers, we continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord in spite of severe suffering. You welcomed the message with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model Felipe, you are a model. Amen? Amen. Patty is a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Acacia. The Lord's message rang out from you not only in Macedonia and Acacia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Everywhere. 
I'm going to go off the book because I thought, this, James, you really inspired me yesterday in the uh, membership class. James was sharing about this everywhere, about joy. He was sharing that as he was seeking the Lord, do you mind me sharing this? Good, because I have other things I'm going to share about you too. Okay, good. <laughs> but you just gave me permission. But, uh, so he was sharing in his testimony that he was seeking for a church to go to. And one of the things that inspired him about joy is that he heard from unbelievers about joy. He didn't only hear from believers, but he heard from unbelievers about the things that they themselves had encountered through the ministries of Joy Community Church. And he said, that's if unbelievers are talking about the Lord, I can't wait to go there. And so he came. And there he is today sitting with us. Isn't that a cool testimony? Did I miss it or is that, it's, it, that that's it? And we'll talk to you offline. Okay, yeah. You want to hear more about that? You can talk to him offline. So here he is. Everybody knows it everywhere. That's what we want here at Joy. We want people when they hear the gospel, when they see the gospel, when they interact with the gospel, when they sense Jesus, though they don't even know what's going on in their heart, we want them to know that there's a Savior who loves them beyond the way they're loving themselves right now in their lives. We want them to have that tangible touch of an almighty God that when you share your life, they said, there's something different. You're emulating something I've never seen before. I've never touched it. I've never smelt it. And they're not talking about your cologne. They're talking about the fragrance of the Holy Ghost. Amen? There's a fragrance to the Holy Spirit when somebody has them, functioning in them. That's the power of the gospel. That's what we're talking about. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it. Verse 9, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, comma, <laughs> says it all, Jesus. Paul wanted you to think about Jesus, he wanted you to think about the resurrected Jesus. He wanted you to think that Jesus was coming again soon. And that you needed to get right with Jesus. Because if you didn't get right with Jesus, he doesn't mess it up here. You're going to deal with the wrath of God in your life. Do you want the wrath of God or do you want the promise of God? Jesus. I want the promise of God in my life. Hallelujah. How about you folks? Amen. Talk to me. Help me out here this morning. When the power of the gospel is preached, there's something about the power of the gospel. There is a revival fire in the gospel. There's always an intention that when the preaching of the word occurs, that salvation is in the balance for some unsaved person. Or there's some healing that will break forth and people will be restored mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, relationally, financially. 
There's something that happens when the word is preached. There's signs, there's wonders, there's happenings that nobody planned, that nobody could plan, that you can't manufacture. And when you're sitting there, you know it's real. Right? I don't have to convince you. There's a conviction when the spirit's moving and faith is being exercised and people rise up and say, God is moving powerfully in our midst. Folks, can I tell you, do not ignore it. Do not kind of just casually, aimlessly walk in and say, oh, happy day and I need, I need. It's for another reason. It's to motivate us, to live in faith, to be prompted by love, to be enduring with hope, to know the will of God for our lives. Hallelujah. 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 I was at a conference at Elam this year. And there was a pastor, his name was Pastor John Tyson. He's from New York City. He's in the mess of it all. He's in one of the worst places in the city. And the people are coming off the street, 12 o'clock noon, to ask for prayer and a touch from God. We're talking not like 20 people. Hundreds of people are coming in every day. For a touch from God. I want to see that happen in Rochester. Why can't that happen here at Joy? Why would it have to take a week of prayer to remind us that we're spirit-filled people, filled with the word of God, and we have the power to pray? Why does it take a pastor to get up and say, oh, we're having prayer week, when there's prayer in this place five, six times a week, and God can use us on the corner of Bay and Goodman where people walk off the streets and say, I need a touch from God. I need to be delivered. I need to be set free. That can happen. It's happening in New York City. It's happening there. It can happen anywhere. It's up to you, Rochester. He said this, and it caught my heart, and I was convicted. He said, something is missing. We don't have the power of God in this generation. Our preaching lacks power. Our love lacks power. Our churches lack Holy Spirit power. We're doing lots of busyness, but there's no power behind the busyness. I'm not interested. And I was convicted, and I repented that day. And I said, I don't know what you're going to do with this old boy, Lord, but I don't want to be in that place. Let me understand the power of the gospel in a whole new way. Revival fire will spread when we begin to ask God to empower each individual in this place to empower your faith-given testimonies. If you're a born-again believer, you have a faith testimony. 
You have something God's been doing in the last week. If not, then you might consider yourself to need a touch from God. God's saying wherever you're at is your faith testimony. Wherever you're at is your opportunity to tell somebody the truth about where you're at spiritually so that they can identify with you. Wherever you're at, give what you've got and watch God do what he can do. He's not asking for theology. He's not asking for religious spirit that makes everybody think that you're all cleaned up and there ain't nothing stinky about you. He's looking for real, authentic faith. People of substance who've been transformed by the glory of God for the purposes of God in this generation, this day, today, for this generation. He ain't waiting for the next generation. We are that generation. And we need a touch from God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's just the intro. God is serious, folks. Pastor Deborah took all the time to put these out here for you. She put together, how do you fast? How do you pray? How do you wait on God? The different types of fasting. The different things you can do when you're fasting. Because it's not all about food and not eating. That's not what fasting is. Fasting is yielding to God Almighty, expecting the Holy Spirit to bring into you a new awareness of the Word and the will of God and the purpose of God as you choose through the leading of the Holy Spirit what He's asking you to surrender. So if that's surrendering time on Games, doing games, video games. That's less TV, less candies. Oh, goodness gracious. Less chocolate. For me, it's going to be less coffee. Come on. That would be a miracle, right, Pastor Deborah? <laughs> Pastor Dan, I know we're going out for coffee this week. It's one, okay? And you, you have to help me, okay? Will you do that? Just one. Okay, and it has to be black. Okay, good. So anyway, so she, she put this together. It's not because we do it every year that we put it out there. We do it as a resource so that you can fast and pray with connection with God. That you can have, you can understand what he wants you to do. So I come in and I'm like, the table's still full of these. What's going on here? What's going on here? You don't need this? We all need to pray and fast. There's something of truth in here that will help you. And then she built this devotional. And she does a great job, by the way. She seeks, she does, I'm telling you. And this is not a paid political announcement, Pastor Deborah, because you do do a great job. You do a great job, why? Because she is, she is watching over your souls like shepherds are supposed to. This is what she's doing. She's doing what God's called her to do the best she can. And every day there's a nugget in here. I, already, I went ahead of you and I cheated. I read. 
And there's some nuggets in here that are wonderful for you to do as a devotion on your own, as a couple, with your kids. Don't miss it. There's, they're all out on the table for you. She's outlined for you in, in this one. She's saying, I want people here. I want people to experience what God wants to do here this year. So she lays out on page three. Everybody, this one, page three. It actually tells you what's going on this week at Joy. And just pray about it. Don't feel condemned if you can't come. Don't worry about not being able to attend everything. But there's something. There's something going on five days this week. So you can come to something. We've designed the prophetic night. If I'm asking you to be a person of faith, participating with God to do the impossible, Pastor Greg and I talked about it, and I said, Hannah, I really feel God's asking us to do the prophetic evening this year. Are you willing to do that? Pastor Greta, you know her. Absolutely. Let's do it. And so we're shaking in our shoes already. Our knees are buckling already. But we're seeking God for you. And we're believing that God will use us to minister to this body. Why? Because we're your shepherds. We're loving you. We care for you. We have a pulse on your hearts. We want you to have a great year in the Lord. And our goal is that you walk in the likeness of Jesus Christ as best as you can. And if we can commit to making that happen in your life, we'll prophetically move in words of wisdom and knowledge and whatever else God gives. I might even sing over you. That could be dangerous, but I might even do it. Who knows? I might dance around you and do the hula. Who knows? I'm joking. Trying to make it light here. You guys are getting too serious on me. So I just want to encourage you in the Lord that we're here to minimize what John Tyson, Pastor John Tyson said. We want to minimize that truth, that this, that something's missing. I feel so responsible for you that way. Something about that just wrecked me inside. And I really took it before the Lord. And it is that we lack the power of God in this generation. This generation desperately needs to hear and experience the power of God. Wouldn't you believe that? I'm talking this generation sitting in this room as well, right? I'm not talking about everybody else. I'm saying us here. And I want to share over the next two weeks four truths to help our generation, this generation. I want to share four truths that we can begin to hear and experience the power of God in a new way this year in 2024. Doing impossible things requires hearing and experiencing God, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. And if you read that chapter I just read, you see the the whole trinity is in that chapter working together simultaneously to make sure that the power of God from Almighty God's moving through Jesus' intercession as Jesus is interceding on behalf of what's on the Father's heart, then he's downloading to the Spirit of the living God, and the Spirit of the living God is touching the Thessalonian church, moving in the gospel message. We're talking about a young first century church, folks. This is a new believing church. 
and they're already being heard across the nation. That's exciting. How long have we been here, Terry? Your father started the church, you should know. Years, right? 35 years. Yeah, there we go. 35 years. Can I say it? That's a young church. That's still a young church. That's a young church. When I heard that testimony yesterday from James Morse, I went, okay, we're on the move. The gospel's getting out. There's power in the gospel here at Joy Community Church, or else he wouldn't have come here because that's what he was looking for. That's amazing. That's really amazing. Go with me. I'm just going to make one point today, and then I'm going to conclude, and we'll come back to this next week. But I want to talk to you about, from verses 2 to 4, it says, we always thank God for all of you, mentioning you in our prayers. We continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance, your endurance excuse me, inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you. And when you look at that, you look at those verses, you see that the gospel came with the power to confirm God's will for the everyday life of the believer. I like that. And you see in those four verses that as the Thessalonians carried out their everyday responsibilities, God was building character. How do I know that? Because faith builds character. Love, when love is prompted, it challenges you because Don't tell me you love perfectly because I don't love perfectly. I have to be taught how to love in Christ. I don't, we're naturally selfish people. That's who we are. That's our makeup. But when the spirit of God comes and transforms us, we're prompted by the conviction of the spirit to say, stop behaving that way. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in true humility, consider others more important than yourself. Do not merely think of your own interests, but also in the interests of others. Having the attitude of one of Christ Jesus, that of a servant. How did Jesus serve? In love. Jesus was always prompted by love. Jesus was always motivated by faith. And then Jesus actually was a perfect picture of enduring hope as he suffered the cross of Calvary. That's a beautiful picture of a life well lived. And today you have your cross. Every single person has a cross. Every every person has to lay that cross before the cross. But so many times we keep holding on to the wrong cross. It's our cross. No, it isn't. Your cross is meant for you to snug into his cross and find new life, find new faith, find new love, find new hope. Amen? Are you getting me? You following me? Where are we snugging into? The cross. The cross. Not your cross. The cross. And there was a personal dimension to the first century believers of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ and the message that captivated their hearts. And God, what they didn't understand in those days, you have to understand, they did not understand 
God was always an almighty God to be feared. But through Jesus Christ and through his death and through his resurrection and through his ascension and through the gospel message that he left about forgiveness and salvation and the motivation of love through Jesus Christ our Lord and the sacrifice that Christ made so that we could live and become living sacrifices of the Holy Spirit. And he... They thought for the first time and understood for the first time that God was an intimate God, that God was in a distant God now judging or that the wrath of God would come, read verse 10, but now they were going to have an intimate relationship with a God who would no longer judge them because of the Son, Jesus Christ. They had to rethink how to do life. They had to rethink what faith was. They had to now move from this legalistic, idol worship, religious spirit and move into this intimate, loving, forgiving relationship. It blew their minds. That's what W.W. W. Tarn said. It blew I, th I can relate to that commentary. They never thought that way before. I believe, listen to me, this, I think this has some prophetic utterance to it, that in 2024, you're going to experience the cross in a whole new way. You're going to experience an intimacy with God that you've not experienced in some of you for 40 years. You're going to walk with a greater conviction of the word of God, the spirit of God, and you're going to be prompted by the love of God to love people you would normally never love or choose to love. And there's going to rise up in this place and in your lives an enduring hope that the will of God will be accomplished in, through, and with your life. That's it. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today, and boy, we are just honored that we've got the opportunity to participate with God. Your spirit is hovering in this room at this hour. The word of the Lord has come forth, and we're expecting, Father, that you would transform us because of this time we've spent together. We thank you for this week that we are beginning today to seek ye first the kingdom of God and your righteousness, that all those things that you've designed to add unto our lives that we would not miss. Father, help those who are preoccupied with their own lives. Help those who continually, continually allow busyness, convenience, and the enemy's condemnation to keep them from seeking God. We rebuke that foul, hateful spirit of shame and condemnation and lethargicness in the spirit. And we pray for a freedom this week of prayer and worship. And we pray, even as we move from our chairs from this sanctuary, that there will be a manifestation of the working of the spirit of the living God in our lives this week. Come on, Lord. Come on, Lord, we're asking right now. Holy Spirit, do it. Jesus, love on us in ways we've never been loved. 
Jesus, give us hope in those dark places of our souls. Lord, bring enduring hope so we can snuggle into the cross and give you our cross. Help us to cast our cares upon you, for you care for us. Your yoke is easy, your burden is light. Remove all of those places of heaviness. Let light shine in those dark places. Let love, the love of Christ, consume us. Let the Holy Spirit embody us. Let, let the Spirit of God just come and awaken us to worship, to prayer, to waiting, to reading the Word, to calling on the name of Jesus Christ. Oh God, let it be marvelous this week. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, He's a great God. Hallelujah. We serve a great God. He's a great God. And I hope the Bills win today. That took a lot out of me. Oh, Chris, you didn't hear that, did you? God bless you. Have a wonderful Sunday. And we'll do part two next week. Love you. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at joycc.info.